and you sort of live in and you grow into and make friends and stuff and you grow into this idea where you can and you should take those creative moments and realize that there's something going on there and you can become something because everyone is so beautifully creative it's just that so the only difference between a great artist and every other motherfucker on the world is that like people actually do something and like practice it Welcome to Series 2 of Process Movement. I'm excited to share four new conversations with you that explore people's relationships to their creative practices, as well as how they move and are active in the world. In this season, we go from Western Australia to Mexico by way of the UK and across to Berlin. I got to reconnect with some old friends, learn about processes that really shifted my thinking and hear some wonderful and open stories about each of their journeys. If something sparks you in one of these episodes, please consider sharing it. That would mean a lot. Thank you and enjoy the listen. But yeah, dude, I'm really stoked to have you here, as I was saying before. Um, And you and I have kind of chatted here and there about, I guess, you know, and our condensed amounts of time chatted about everything from making podcasts to running to making music to making videos to all sorts of things. So, yeah, thanks, Nick, for being here. Um, what I what I will do, what I'd like to do is to start with, I guess, an, a current intro of um, who you are. So, you know, name, where you're at. <laughs> Um, and how are you currently describing what you do? Oh, well, it's a pleasure to be here, Ben. Thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> me now, I'm Nicholas Albrook, a musician slash gardener slash, well, they're my, like, professional. That's what I do professionally. <laughs> Um, outside of professionally, musician, runner. And I think that's about it. Like I'm trying to, I actually made a, um, I made a new, it wasn't, it probably wasn't New Year's, it was more like New Life resolution when I moved back to Perth from London that I was going to completely simplify down to um, gardening, music, and running. And outside of that, if I can, like, catch up with mates and have a pint and I've got time to, like, cook a nice feed by myself at home, then I'm going to be doing really well. But I didn't want to because it's so easy for me and probably other people to fall into (laughs) – Oh, but I've always wanted to do pottery. Um, and why aren't I doing pottery? I've got so much time when I'm fucking around, like saying hello to all my friends. Um, I could be, a, uh, you know, I, I could have got, I could have be wearing a baggy green. I um, 
you know, could do calligraphy and blah, blah, blah. And and I think I used to actually beat myself up about all the lost opportunities in my life. Yeah. And I decided to stop. <laughs> to have all these kind of, I don't know if that's like a, a bombardment of ideas, but ideas are different to how I remember them growing up. They would kind of be around one thing and now I guess we're just so around people doing many different things and there's opportunities to, to try things. And I think that's also like really amazing to try things, but we like to quickly identify with those things. And mm-hmm. I was, it's funny that you were saying that because I was literally reading about or just thinking about the act of simplicity and how hard it is to simplify things because we always want to overcomplicate or overexplain mm. what we want to do or how we present ourselves. So. It's cool to know that you're on that journey of simplifying. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, how much I'm succeeding with it is is another question because, like, we live in a, yeah, we live in a kaleidoscope right now Um, and this, like, grind culture um, is horrifying. (laughs) It's so hard. I mean, like... You know, I'd like to, in fact, yeah, I'd like to shout out all of the people out there who haven't been grinding or crushing it or killing it or getting it or any of that. And I just think you guys are the best. (laughs) Yeah, shout out to those people because... I mean, in all honesty, we're probably all of that. We're just kind of probably lie to ourselves thinking we are crushing it. Um, yeah, so it's like, shout out to all the people who aren't deluded. Yeah, just, we're just massive <laughs> eager to. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just to kind of go back um, and paint, painting a bit of a picture because um, I want to talk to you about some things around moving and about making music and how those things collide. Um, but where, how did you get to where you are today? Like, did you expect or plan to do what you do? Um, like I know you, I've kind of listened or read stuff about you playing music from an early age, but also just skating and hanging out and moving around and things like that. And I always like to know just those kind of moments or those kind of rolling effects of things that happen where you can look back and go, oh, yeah, that's maybe that's how that happened. So Mm. where does that sit for you? Yeah, it's funny. Like I think looking back on my life and my childhood and stuff like that, I now realise that it was pointing towards physicality, um, and I, for a while, I thought that was a, it's strange that I turned out as a musician, you know, because I was always so obsessed with running around, throwing balls, dancing, um, every, just entirely physical. My life was entirely physical. And, but I realize now that most of my role as a musician is physical. <laughs> like, totally. I mean, I think of stuff. That's how physical people describe 
<laughs> describe <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah, I think of stuff sometimes. Um, but like, um, I, you know how some people, when a intellectual debate comes up around the dinner table, they they turn on. And, like, they yeah. start feeling like, all right, this is my arena. This is where I can excel. This is where I can light up. Some people, when when the board games or the cards come out, they light up. It's like, this is my zone. Yeah. When everyone says, oh, maybe the kids say, does anyone want to kick the footy outside? I go, ah, oh, yes. Okay, sweet. Now I'm, like, safe. Now I can be mm. in a, be in a safe confident place where I know that I'm like fine. I know mm. that I can I can I can do something that I'm I don't know, it's just a place that I've always been happy. Um and I think like I remember in Derby, well I don't really remember, I have like snap from memories, but in Derby when I was growing up, I think it was at like Rakia Kickett's wedding or birthday or something. <laughs> Um, I was real young and I spent like the whole time on the dance floor just ch- just chopping it up basically. And for the, re- for the rest of my life, and I was wearing like a little suit and it's like, you know, Derby's like a tiny town so it must have been pretty funny. In my memory it looks like the biggest, <laughs> biggest, grandest hall but it was probably just like the RSL of the church. Um <laughs> And but for the rest of my life, anyone from that town, every time they saw me, all my parents say, "Like, so is Nick dancing? You know, is he still he's still dancer?" And it's like, <laughs> yeah, actually, I kind of am. So I feel like it was like written in the in, written in the cards, and like I I my whole like musical career was just this this sort of long convoluted route towards being able to like be physically expressive as it's funny Zach you don't often see or hear of that correlation between music and physicality obviously you know someone's performing particularly Mm. when it's like live but even just down to practicing and rehearsing and writing there's also that physicality but I don't know if they've really been apart from maybe drumming has, has only has always been like seen as the physical one. All those really particular artists that kind of throw themselves like in a way that you're like they are literally ripping their body apart. <laughs> literally, kind of like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like Iggy Pop or um, Jesus Lizard or something like that. Yeah, but, exactly. But no, music music is physical. It's like mm. it's inseparable from not only our like current level of physicality, but as an evolutionary, mm. like as a, as an and it's evolutionary like a felt thing. experience, right? So if it's physical, it's it's there's a feeling to it, not just the audible. It has to be, a, you know, there's those that type of music that completely moves you mm-hmm. physically, not just emotionally. So, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, 
I would say it'd be pretty hard to find someone who would argue against that. <laughs> yeah, but but I feel like people do. There has there 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 is this whole sort of divide between these, or you know, this. or just like linear thinking where it's like this is that and that's it, um, mm. rather than I don't know what else you call it. Just everything is everything, you know, or everything yeah. can be nothing and everything can be something if you want it to be. Yeah. But it is so powerful, like the um, like which is it's like the basis of the whole of the talking heads career, which is that the body has an innate intelligence which is just as or more um, valuable than these the sort of in intellect, you know, the book learned intellect of like mm. prog prog rock and math rock and like <laughs> yeah. very 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 clever insightful lyrics and stuff like there is and that's what i mean talking about evolution and like the fact that our ears wouldn't have evolved into the same shape unless it had been unless it had been a really helpful socially social bonding thing mm. like you know what you know you you don't get the protection of the pack unless you share the same connection of these vibrations yeah, 100%. Like, so it's far beyond it's far beyond the intellect. So I think music is like fully physical. Yeah, so true. So when I guess if if music became something that you I guess actively pursued at at a certain point did that kind of come around in a particular way like I know you were like probably was it in your teen years you were like more skating and stuff and was music just there or was it like okay pick something up have a go like for me it was in a similar sense I started skating first and that was like and I also grew up in this tiny little village in New Zealand and Mm. but then music was always there because it was so connected to skateboarding and for me, it was like both hip hop and then also punk. And then punk kind of for me, like took over. And then my mum played guitar. So I was like, okay, I can learn this. So, you know, there's always this kind of interesting, like, uh, roll on effect or one thing carries the other. So was it similar for you? Sort of. Maybe a little bit different. Like, I. I was I, I was going from thing to thing in especially in high school, like when you're sort of trying to find your identity. Um, I was like obsessed with with old <laughs> with old school hip hop, I guess, like yeah. uh, Run DMC and the Beasties and stuff. This would be when I'm like fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then became obs- like completely obsessed with soccer. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, I loved it. And it's be- it was because I had some friends that I made, and because I got picked for the um, for the for the school like uh, A team because the coach saw me doing like tricks not actually playing a game. He saw me doing like real flashy juggling and it was like, 
boy's got skill. But little did he know that I would have like zero competitive spirit and I'm really easily kind of shaken in like those sort of situations. <laughs> so I was fucking shocking in the team, but I was like, you know, I can balance it on my neck and stuff like that. <laughs> and then I wow. got really into skating, completely dedicated, lived and breathed it. And then I just think it was like it was that there wasn't a lead in at all. Mm. Um, and maybe it's because I don't know. I think I, I sort of something turned me on about like uh, Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and classic sort of psyche. What do they call it? Classic rock, you know? <laughs> um, and that actually just knocked skating away, which was oh, weird. interesting. Eh? I guess they did they have the same feeling though in terms of output. Like you know, when you if you land a trick or you're out with your mates and you're just kind of skating and like playing music. You know, if you learn a song or write a song or you join a band, does it did it give you a similar like satisfaction or was there more to it where you're like, oh shit, I can. I really want to go further or something. Shit, I don't know. You're probably I've never thought about that. But <laughs> I think you're right. Like it is really they're really comparable, the kind of feeling of um of community and camaraderie and um and encouragement, encouraging each other. Mm. And creativity and freedom. Um, so I think they were probably really similar. It's just I'm not sure what it was. It was something about that I identified with so much more and maybe somewhere in there there was like a glimmer of um, a glimmer of like the future. Like I could, I could imagine that I would be maybe good at, maybe good at it like more than like being a sort of fairly shitty skater hanging out with all my mates who yeah, were really yeah. good. Yeah, I was the same. Like, that's what it turned me to photography was like my mates are way better than me. I'm too scared. Like I, I can't – I get the fear really quickly. So I was like I might as well just like take photos of my friends who are getting way better. Yeah. And then similarly with music, I was like could play but – I just was more into taking the photos kind of thing. So yeah. it's funny how that happens, how you you kind of, without, I don't know, I don't know if it was the same for you, but it's not like a full conscious decision, but you just know what you feel, I guess. Uh-huh. Especially yeah. in those young, if you're in, I don't know if it's late teens or something like that. You're right, though. You do sort of, it takes that time, that that it sort of takes that that time around your teenage years to start and beyond, of course, mm. but kind of gradually hone in on what what really suits you. Mm. What's your bag and what's not what's not going to be this sort of, you know, drudgery to try and follow this depressing <laughs> drudgery. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so kind of fast forward a bit, if you're, you know, thinking to your time of 
where music has kind of become, I guess, a career or something that's super prominent in your life for your, mm. you know, writing albums, your touring, um, what, what's something that, what sparks you within that world, um, to, yeah, to kind of chase out or, you know, that kind of inner search to write kind of songs or themes or that kind of, um, that release of, you know, putting something out into the world or, or performing like what, yeah. What's the spark there for you for that? Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's multifaceted, isn't it? Um, because the, like an obvious one is performing is um, that's one, like it's many sided, but performing is one of the few moments in an adult life when you get to just be in complete free fall. Um, like, it's not, I was about to say blindfolded and blocked ears, but it's the complete opposite. Mm. But in that sense, do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like almost it's, um, are you trying I guess to say flow, like, the flow state is, is, is yeah, the, yeah. Is it's the like where you're completely yeah. aware, but you're completely closed off. Uh huh. At the same time, is that right? Yeah, and you could, and I, I can um, jump into the crowd and hang by my feet off the lighting rig, and um, and walk along the the you know thin poles in my boots that are covered in beer, and yeah, it's all just fine. It's going to be fine. There's never any that... thought to the contrary. Mm. Well, where does that come from then? Like, I mean, for me, I've been around so much music, particularly as a photographer, and you have, for me, there was always like kind of two different style of bands, and this is me going from like just punk, hardcore, right through to like kind of larger rock, everything, and you'd have some bands that were pretty stationary, I guess, in terms of their performance, but the music really moved people. And then you would have people who really kind of went beyond the instrument and kind of just, you know, like threw themselves around or more just react to whatever's in front of them. And I kind of see you as a bit more like that. But there's perhaps (laughs) some choices involved going, I want to like express myself this way. And does that come from anything you know is it like just a natural progression is it like how does you know what does that feel like to you to to react to something i don't know um it's it's funny i on our last tour i tried out in-ear monitors oh yeah for the first time and our guitar tech who is very, very professional and never – he's the ghost, he's the man in the shadows who just does his job. And he said to me very reluctantly, like, people come to your shows to be engaged with and you don't 
you don't want to go down this path basically <laughs> like it's um if it's putting something between that it's not good and i i don't know i just um it's a weird feeling like i whenever there's a show a performance that has promised to be really shit like it's a corporate it's a conference run by a fucking bitcoin company or something you know and you have to perform at 11:30 in the morning just before lunch after they've had they're going to be having canapes and stuff like that and i will always go go far more berserk then than I would if we're playing Glastonbury, you know, um, just because it's like an immediate thing that, okay, before this gets awkward, I need to jump down and slap someone. <laughs> and like, and like, um, it's just, it's just like basically like enforcing engagement. Mm. So there's kind of a bit of consciousness to it where you're like, I'm, setting my own scene here yeah there's consciousness for for like a moment where you get out there and everyone's really quiet and having their canapes and it's like okay shit i need to do something right now Mm. and you do it and then it's just kind of like all right here we go yeah and that's uh, i guess maybe when something like a flow unconscious consciousy thing kicks in and you're probably almost just reacting maybe on autopilot yeah it's complete i mean there's no other way you you can like if you're climbing around you know a thousand people i guess um, that's where um otherwise the fear kicks in right i remember just from skating growing up and you like roll up to a set of stairs and as soon as you pause that first time it's kind of all over because you've gone um like you already psyched yourself out kind of thing um yeah to to even do it Mm. and i've definitely done that i've definitely done that so many times where you get psyched out and you yeah it's such a weird feeling i'm sure everyone knows it where that feeling when you get out of the moment you're like fuck and you know what's happened and you're like starting yeah. to think, starting to hear people talking, starting to hear words that don't exist. Or hear yourself talking. Yeah, looking down at like different bits and like, and then like it's amazing the, the level of mistakes that happens after that. Like yeah. I'll start mixing up the set list. I'll look down at the set list and read a completely different song and then say mm. it and the guys in the band are like, we're not doing that one. You know, it's like, <laughs> a, and you start getting into like school kid tantrum territory. You're like, oh, yeah. this is not going as well as I thought. Yeah. I guess it's an expectation <laughs> thing, right? As soon as those expectations kick in that are beyond what's just happening in front of you, then I guess it can go all out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, really interesting. Yeah. But before that, there's no expectations and it's great. Mm. And yeah, I think that's so true. I, I think that's my um Yeah, that's the moment. That's one moment. 
of creation for me. And the other, the other one is, um, is a lot more, um, sticky and hard to define, which is like the alone one where you create something. Mm, I was about to ask you, like, how do you like to create when it's not on stage? When it's just you or whatever. It's so much more difficult to talk about, isn't it? Yeah. I guess it's um, it's a reactionary in a different way. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of any kind of example that I can use as a sort of anchor. Okay, last night I was sitting at the dinner table and – um, having a glass of wine and I looked at the big issue. I bought a big issue the other day. Nice. Which I try to do whenever I can. Um, and there was a review for the new film, Emily, which I think is about Emily Bronte. Oh, I, yes. Yeah. I haven't yep. seen it. Um, I haven't seen it either. And... I sort of was just like, I mean, you know, I like the, you know, it's good, quite fast cadence kind of word. Mm. And then I sort of was like, oh, that's that's kind of sick and thought of some things and like grabbed a piece of paper that was on the table and was like, oh, I've got to get that. And that for me is one of those moments where you're like, oh, that was a creative moment, whereas mm. – there will come a time in the future when I will take those words and reappropriate reappropriate them to fit in with a rhythm and maybe change some of the sort of phonetics of it and um, so it slots in. And it's like that's not the same that same sort of elemental moment of creation. It's kind of like the yeah. dog work around it. It's like, you know so what you I mean? You must start with like some goo almost. Yeah. That and that, and the goo is so up. delicious. Like, yeah. I don't know what it's like and for you. I don't know how that works in a photography it's sense. It's kind of I'm similar, sure. I guess. More so, well, I don't know. I think it happens across the board. I don't really treat my work super separately when it comes to commercial and and just my own kind of artistic practice but it's usually in a weird kind of subconscious or just something that I'm in front or that something is in front of me it could be like you said like watching a film or hearing a conversation or like seeing something in the street but it usually combines something else that I've seen and then it just kind of magnetizes together Uh, and you go, ah, what about if that thing that I just saw on the street, for example, say someone running around the corner becomes something like this studio shoot that I saw as a reference and it would be something weird like that where I just kind mm. of grab two parts of a recipe and go, I think they'll work together. Um, so and maybe not. Do you write that stuff down? And do you have a special yeah, note? Just like it'll usually just be like because it's kind of fleeting. So I have to quickly jot down every word that popped into my head, mm. and I have a very visual photo 
brain. So it's I see the words really quickly and then the visual outcome of that. So I have to like write the words and then write the description of what I see in my head really quickly yeah. before it kind of puffs away. And then I have yeah. to like solidify it. And that's the, that's what I mean by that. Like really gooey moment of creation when like it happens and then you've got to get it out. And then yeah. of, often the rest of it, um, sometimes the rest of it is like dog work, you know, mm, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. you're organizing the studio and the people and the fucking runners and the costumes and the camera and the lens, yeah. blah, 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 or whatever you got to do. But like mm. w- what I do find is that, so the equivalent for me would be going into the studio or like even getting in front of a piano. And being mm. like, okay, so that idea, how is this going to happen? But there's this sort of, you kind of get, or I find myself being like you get pushed along occasionally like a tide yeah. of those very special creative moments. Like there's so a bit of momentum. To, yeah, you get to the piano or the computer or the guitar or whatever, and you're, like, trying to sort of grind it out. And you're like, fuck, okay. So I suppose I was thinking of, you know, maybe it would sound like, I don't know, like Rod Stewart or something. Like, Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then, like, you play a few things and then you get another push of, like, the magical gooey bit. Like, mm. oh, that feels you've really kind of nurtured cool. it or something, oh my or God. watered you know? your garden a little bit. Yeah, and then you've got to go back to more dog work. To yeah, that's exactly how I would think about it too. Because and I've learned to kind of love both, mm. and almost think you kind of can't have one without the other. Like it's not all well, just this no way, yeah, magicy goo that you go. Wow, I've got all these ideas and I've made it. And I think no, there's an that's just me lying, to that. That's just me lying in bed on DMT. Like hundred percent. Yeah. That's this, nothing. It could be, that's just a, and a anyone fucking, can have that. Yeah. Like anyone can have those things. And they do. Like, and it's, that's the beauty of maybe just how people are. They just have random imaginations and dreams and thoughts and their own experiences that lead them somewhere. Mm. But then it's like, what did you do with that? And it's like you could use your skill and your dedication to something and your care for something to go beyond that little whatever you call it and go, okay, I'm going to sit it out. I'm going to get into this. I'm going to whatever you call it, develop a thing. Um, uh-huh. And I, yeah, and I think that's that's almost yeah. I don't know. It's, how do you see that? It's like you kind of need those t- to be together. Yeah, well, it speaks to me. That speaks to the nurturing aspect of of creativity. That like everyone is infinitely creative, artistic beings. But the fact that I, the fact that your mum played guitar and um, and my parents, uh, you know, academics and. And you sort of live in and, and you grow into and make friends and stuff and you grow into this idea where you can and you should um, t- 
take those creative moments and realize that there's something going on there and you can, it can become something because everyone is so beautifully creative. It's just that so the only difference between a great artist and every other motherfucker on the world is that like people actually do something and like practice mm. it. Mm. And, and there's, one it's is like not better than the other. Exactly. It's like, you just kind of couldn't stop scratching your itch, basically. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I like to think about it, which yeah. is maybe a funny way because I think scratching an itch can get a bit gnarly if you've got like a mozzie bite and you're like, now it's a scab, but it's a kind of a nice itch, you know. It's per- I mean, so can being creative. It can yeah, exactly become a superating tropical <laughs> sore in no time. <laughs> I can, it really can. I definitely yeah. have felt that before. For sure. Um, so, okay, so in between all this, you know, making music, putting out records, um, where where did running come into this for you? Is it something that you have like an early experience with or memory from or was there a moment where you said, I'm going to put some shoes on and, go out there because i i'm always interested to talk to particularly musicians because of my background on tour with bands for years Mm. and the lifestyle never ever mentioned the word exercise or physical well-being ever in that time i never knew anyone apart from some hardcore bands that like lifted weights kind of thing uh-huh. And it was, you know, you just did everything um, on tour and it was sometimes pretty unhealthy at points. But I now know a lot of people from that world who have become very active in whether it be running or other things, triathlon, Pilates, mental mm. well-being and so on and so forth and have almost, I guess you could say, it's elevated their creative process in ways um, and help them sustain longer on tour and stuff. So I really would love to know where that goo of running popped up for you. Yeah, I mean, that's there's so much to to really good uh, opening for a lot of things. Um, it's pretty complicated. It's pretty like pretty thorny. My on on my side, honestly. Um, I think, honestly, through a combination of um, my own personal history that's probably best consigned to the, um, you know, the the therapy couch and, like, and um, drugs and, like, recreational drugs and um and a sort of perceived but maybe not real pressure i i sort of developed quite a severe um eating disorder Mm. and but it wasn't just it's so nuanced and so complicated it was tied, tied in with with music and the sort of perceived mm. um and the culture of that do you think yeah absolutely yeah. um and you do you do like you do 
find people like vocally praising you for being mm. uh, emaciated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in some like shockingly upfront ways, which mm. sort of mm. it's like, oh wow, people love this. Um, and it's kind of validating, I guess, um, if that's what we are looking for in most exactly. parts of our lives. And it is, it is, you, you get that thing from the media mm. and then people back it up for you. Mm. And, and then you justify and, it yourself, right? Yeah. And so the cycle continues. We still mm. see, you know, we still see images of, um, of sickly um, artists, <laughs> sickly artists, mm. and people fucking love it. I can't get enough mm. of it. Um, and that sort of at a certain point in my life, I was complete. There was this sort of cognitive dissonance between unhealthy, you know, like not giving a fuck about yeah. yourself, decadence, yeah. and like and being actually really ashamed of vanity. So there was this really confusing moment of um, I don't, want to be a person who gives a shit about this and I don't want to be the person who lets this sort of um this sort of vacuous peripheral concerns get in the way of things but I also don't want to be sick and I don't Mm. want to die and Mm. being really unhealthy and then I started I started sort of running I remember I, I ran 10 minutes on a treadmill. And what did that I, feel like? Oh, it felt great. But, I, you know, I was like, wow, this is incredible. So I started doing it and I was like, okay, if I sweat, I think sweating is enough. If, yeah. if, if some sweat happens, I've done shitloads. <laughs> um, and since then, it's just been a really slow really slow rebalancing of the ledger where before it would be, you know, to put it in the simplest terms, before it would be heaps more caning it Mm. and heaps less running and it's just slowly just gone more the other way. Yeah, I see. It's almost like um, trying to think of like the analogy like you've, like a yeah not a reset yeah like a a, a turning of things that happens in its own time because mm. sometimes that complete flip of things can almost jump to the other extreme like you could have gone like i'm gonna run an ultra marathon tomorrow and yeah. really hurt yourself or gone into another mindset of like an extreme kind of way of doing things. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You talk like I, um, I've talked about other people. Do you know, Mer- Mer- have you ever met Miriam Dowie? The, I don't think so. No. Who are um, they? Tasmanian marathoner. 
she's mm. elite, incredible. But um, amazing. We talked about it about this process of this really complicated kind of thorny process of recovering from disordered relationship with food and health Mm. through exercise and how Mm. complicated that can be because it's so easy to use it as a toxic, like in a toxic way. Yeah, I can relate. But it's been so, it's, it's been really amazing for me because it totally went through that period of being like punish thyself for all Mm. of the fun you're having and all of the um, horrible sinful things you're doing, like eating and drinking booze and like having a great time basically. I don't know. Mm. And now I'm really proud to say it's just slowly balanced out to this place where – they can both coexist and I can basically have my cake and eat it. Um, and it's not without, you know, it's not without its challenges and things are always mm. moving, but it's, it, it is possible to like, to have all of those things coexisting. Totally. <laughs> eh? it's, and it's, I guess it's a constant journey of those things that, you know, sometimes goes forward, sometimes loops around, sometimes you way further ahead of where you think you are or sometimes yeah. you revisit things. And a lot of that happens, I mean, from, from my experience anyway, maybe usually on a run or after the fact of mm. being on a run because I've had time to distill or let things settle or think in some ways or another. Um and I don't know, there's probably some sort of brain thing going on there. I'm not too sure. But um, <laughs> tell me then, like, what are some memories of, of running for you in the last, like, well, how long, like, what, how long has it been anyway of, of running for you that feels like where you can say, wow, I've been running for an X amount of time, years, months? Like, I think when I started like when I stopped, there's like a moment that ticked over from the 10 minutes on the treadmill to now. And I, I'm pretty, I'm sure this is the answer to heaps of people for heaps of people, but um, Murakami's book, mm. um, what I talk about when I talk about running. And it was just like, <laughs> hearing someone talk about spirituality and creativity in the same breath as running and talk about it in a, from a guy whose books I've fucking devoured and like Mm. him talking about the, it in such a non-judgmental way and like he's not saying I go for a run and I have brilliant ideas for all my fucking Nobel Prize winning, <laughs> I mean not Nobel Prize, like Booker Prize winning um, yeah. uh, novels and shit. He's just like I go running and it's completely blank mm. and it's bliss and honestly that's <laughs> It couldn't be more true for me. <laughs> it's yeah. just like I think the same for myself too. Off. I don't often it's usually the afterwards is where the thinking comes in, but the on run sometimes things pop up, but it's 
most of the time it's not very thoughtful yeah. apart from what's in front of me. Um, uh, yeah. I reckon I could count the – I've thought of lyrics, good lyrics that yeah. I've used, I reckon, twice. Yeah. On any yeah. run. And they're good ones, some of my best. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah. very fucking rare, you know. Yeah. Um, so maybe then what's – in terms of some of those runs then, like, you know, do you, do you run – like when you're on tour now, do you run mostly at home? Like what is yeah. like where do you enjoy yourself the most when you're out? Like how does you know, everyone kind of has their own thing. They're like, Oh, I really want to train for something or I really just wanna go out in the trails or I really just wanna explore a city. Mm. And for you as someone, you know, if you're spending a lot of time writing music, if you're already outdoors, you know, physically in the garden, if you're on tour you know, I think a lot of people I know, you know, they might have these kind of a lot of time where they might be indoors on a computer or something like that. Mm. Maybe you are the same as well, but what does it feel like for you? Like where do you kind of go like when you're really lit up and go like, fuck yeah, I'm like can't wait to get out there or like, oh, I'm going to plan it like this or, or is it just completely fluid and whatever? Well, I've got a – yeah, it changes. I do. I generally like recently have been vaguely setting like three like races a mm-hmm. year. Um, but like I said before, I don't have a real. I don't have the like bloodlust, the competitive mm. nature. It's just kind of a little landmark to aim for because so I'm kind of always in, in training. Mm, yeah. Cause it's nice. I just like it. I like being in training and having a little plan written out. And I always, when it comes to the race, I undercut. I'm like, oh, I'll aim for something way like something easy. But in my mind, mm. I'm like, Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not very ready. I'll just aim for that. So either Sounds way, I'll be very fine. Australian of you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, so I basically do that every Sunday. I drive out to the hills, the Perth hills, um, and it's like my. Uh, this is for all the non-grinders out there who aren't who aren't um, crushing it. Um. It's my Sabbath. It's like the Sabbath. I uh, yeah. So I go out in the morning and like just listen to like Radio National or some tunes. <gasps> and it's it's about a fifty you know fifty minute drive out there. And then like I'll go on a a long run, long slow distance. Um, like and the stop at a cafe and and what my favourite one that's the Bibbleman track. Um, at the end, the start and end of the trail on Sundays, there's a Hare Krishna food truck, and just best. like if you've run thirty k's of trails and you get back at like eleven thirty a.m. It's pretty fucking good having a Hare Krishna food truck there just, like, beckoning you in. (laughs) 
<laughs> that is the fuel of life as well, like all the good dals and lentils. Oh, and... it's my favourite. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't think of a more appropriate food for me. It's my favourite shit. <laughs> That's how we used to eat, Chris, going like every time we'd go on tour with like just like punk bands in New Zealand, you would just go and eat at like little kind of Hare Krishna spots because, yeah. I mean, that was also quite a big part of that scene anyway, so everyone knew oh, yeah, someone yeah, yeah. somewhere. Um, oh, and that food is so good. Yeah, but that's that's the thing that lights me up. Um, but I've actually like recently I've taken more to groups. Cool. How's that been for you? I love it. I really love it. It's um, it's I guess sort of an attempt, like a self conscious attempt to really work at like. Um, having a very healthy relationship with the sport mm. um, instead of just grinding by myself <laughs> totally. and, and saying, you. and saying, Oh, I can't, I can't, um, you know, I can't stay out at the pub and see you guys. It's like, cause I did for a little bit, it felt like I was kind of losing a bit of social connection. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've, I've had that similar transition Yeah, where I guess now a lot of my social life is in running. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of beautiful. That's great. It's, you share a lot of those things where people understand the, oh, well, let's go and party or let's go to the pub or whatever it may be, but there's a respect or a consideration of your choices around yeah getting up early for a run and things like yeah. that people yeah. love it i think i think you know you just got to respect happy hour mm. like i think that's all that needs like happy hour four till six beautiful done that's yeah. good for me and day parties <laughs> so yeah day. by 10 p.m <laughs> <laughs> or earlier yeah and then you're sorted Man, you can still get up for your Sunday run and the trade. That's right. Sleep it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so good. But I really, I've really been loving it. There's a great um, trail group in in Fremantle um, that just sort of, it's pretty much like a one-hour threshold, like <laughs> tra- yeah. trail just up and down and just yeah, one but- guy leads and basically tries to tries to murder us, and um, <laughs> and everyone's so fucking nice, and it's just like, yeah, I, I really got into, I really got mired in when I was just doing it by myself. It's just like you always go at the same pace, yeah. Um, and the only variation is long run, and then the rest mm. of it's just sort of the same. But now, like meeting up with more people. <laughs> I've got some friends who are doing their first half marathon in the band. Oh, awesome. Um, And so I can go out with them and it's like real fun and social and and, and, and an easy run. And then I can go out with the trail group and they like absolutely fuck me up. And (laughs) So it's like a great variety and it's nice yeah. me- meeting people and shit. That's yeah. the amazing thing because you, I guess some people from the outside see it as just this one type of pursuit where it's like 
you leave your house and you go as hard as you can for half an hour and then you come home exhausted and then you think like why do people do this yeah but then you when you explain it that way when you have all these kind of variations or you can pick what suits you and know when to be comfortable and uncomfortable within it uh-huh. then you're like it's quite exciting i guess you look forward yeah. to it in, in different ways because it's unexpected yeah, and it's sort of it's like my um my training plan has become almost like a social calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is kind of wild when you think it's about the, what it what it perhaps could be or used to be or anything like that or just yeah. those transitions of how you spend your time and what kind of sparks you and things like that. Yeah, um, totally. I mean the, the 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 impetus for it before would have been like like we we're saying, you know, sort of like a self-flagellation, mm. you know. Um, and now it's just, oh, I, I told such and such I'm going to meet up with them. Mm. Yeah, it becomes like a <laughs> friendship almost rather than I'm trying to prove myself to running in mm. the early days. I'm going to prove it that I can do it and prove myself that I can get healthier or fit or some mm. whatever you're trying to do but then you become a friend yeah. to it and you just like get to hang out with quote unquote running well totally and for me um going back to how we started this whole thing like physicality is so safe doing mm. doing a physical act like we're not going to the pub quiz. Um, we're all going out and just jogging along. And for me, I'm just like, I can't miss it. Like, yeah, this is my time. This is my shit. <laughs> may have already answered this question then, um, which is kind of almost a one way to kind of wrap this up a bit, but it's like saying like, what, what keeps you coming back to jogging? Yeah. Like if you're waking up every day and you think, yeah, what what keeps you there? Um, there'll be so much stuff. It's probably in the boring side of the answer would be that I keep committing to little races, and that <laughs> I'm I've become the um, I'm the splinter in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Tortoises, which is the um, the Pond Tame Impala first half marathon group and i'm splinter that's amazing so i can't like splinter doesn't you've quit. got to hold everyone together he doesn't leave his boys nah. um so is that but also like i couldn't i uh i i guess people who do physical exercise sport whatever will understand that once you make that a part of your life um it becomes hard to think about like sleeping relaxing eating like it's yeah it's like the it's part of what like everything hinges on is like having an active body and also a time to fucking i get like this is a bit more a bit more tangible but i literally get so angry and sick at my phone 
And I'm just like, I fucking want to throw you out the fucking window. And it's like, all right, I'll just go for a run and leave it at home. And I'll be like an hour and a half where there's nothing. Mm. And it's just so, so delicious to have that. You're so right, man. Oh, I agree. Eh? And it's and that could be the phone could also be any other thing as well, any other kind of pressures or stresses or yeah, and it has just been. general grumpiness. Yeah, exactly. Relation relationships, um, conversations, emails, work, blah blah blah. Mm. You can um, proverbially throw it out the window. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Leave it on the footpath or on the trails. Yeah, exactly. Or just don't even bring it with you. Really. That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, dude, I reckon we can um, wrap it up. So Beauty. thanks so much for, um, yeah, for like just sharing your journey and kind of um, the ins and outs of what makes you move and what makes you think and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, do you have any... Any last shout outs to the the people who are not crushing it or nah. any other things that you want people to say? Actually, That's it. you could say, I was going to ask you actually, because you have your podcast called Run to Paradise. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to ask you, what does running to paradise look like for you if you I, were to do that? I think it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of things, but I think like what we just said, like um, being away from the pressures of the outside world, the pressures of the inside world, um, having some quietness in your own brain. There's, it's meditation in so many ways. There's the comp- repetitive rhythms like fucking – like a mantra for yourself. It's controlled this sort of like, you know, some sort of other version of pranayama um, mm. that's enforced by it. There's all, It's also like a sort of, what's the word, the Japanese word for like forest bathing? Um, it's Ooh. that, you know, spending like bathing yourself in the outside. Mm. Um, mm. And all of those things combined with the sort of endocannabinoid receptors that get set off when you're hitting a really good run, all of those things combined together, if you happen to be like maybe listening to Rage Against the Machine at just the right moment, it's fucking, that's paradise. That's paradise. Yeah, <laughs> I could get down with that. Anything, I mean, Rage, you cannot mess with like that. That will help you in any moment so yeah and i don't listen to music like that much on runs but oh my god yeah every so often you do me and a friend used to have um a run that we would sometimes we would pop up on strava and it would say a teflon run and you have like a teflon non-stick pan (laughs) and it would mean that you were washing everything away (laughs) really yeah. well yeah. and you would kind of check in on there was usually just been me and one other friend who knew about it and you'd always just check in with them afterwards and be like are you doing all right and he's like yeah i, I had to do a teflon run man, and it was like, I fucking, it's like loud music and just run it out 
I know exactly, so intimately what you mean. I've had that with, with people as well where you're like, you know, you do, you do a sort of um, a masculine repressed like call for help on Strava, <laughs> like running yeah. away from my problems and then two seconds later someone's like, hey, man, just check in, you okay? <laughs> yeah. You're like... Yeah, I'm really sore and tired and sweating now, but yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, um, I just yeah. dove headfirst into a fucking peak. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, thank you so much, mate. That was...